You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, March 30th. A fun night in the NCAA tournament. We'll touch on that shortly. Best bets for tonight's games. Oh, and they're good ones. At the end of the podcast, we will touch on the NBA briefly. But I do want to tease a great interview we've got later in the podcast. Mark Willard, KNBR, San Francisco. We're talking Jimmy G. We're talking the 49ers. We're talking the NFL draft. I just want to give you guys a minor heads up. I'm kind of obsessed with what went down this. I know you could probably pick up on it from Monday's podcast, but this trade, this jockeying, and just the quarterback permutations, if you will, in the NFL. I'm just fascinated by this stuff. You know, the quarterback position, the most important in sports. If you have one, you're great. If you don't, (laughs) you're screwed. And it's weird because the 49ers have one. And Jimmy G, who's good, they got to a Super Bowl with him. But it's pretty clear, not good enough for Kyle Shanahan. So they're trying to upgrade in the draft. And they're trying to thread that needle. There, I guess there's this Russian proverb that says, you try to wash the bear without making it angry. Which is like practically impossible. And, and, and it feels like that's what the 49ers are trying to do with this Jimmy G draft a quarterback thing. And we'll get into it with Mark Willard. You guys will enjoy it. I quickly want to... Uh, just touch on the NCAA tournament games, mostly because it felt good as hell to rebound from an awful, and I am talking a dreadful Sunday, my worst day in the tournament by far, significant losses. And I bounced back with winners. That's what I bounced back with, folks. First half under. Oh, yeah, I had to go there. And when you're desperate, the first half under is the way to go. First half under in Houston, Oregon State, chutching full game under. Covers by a point in Houston, Oregon State. And the spread was determined in the final five seconds when a guy hit a quote-unquote meaningless three to take it from nine to six. So if you took the Beavers and the points, congrats. I didn't bet the side in that. Uh, I, I just I didn't see any value, and luckily I was able to cash both unders. Now, the, the later game was the interesting one. Baylor... And, and you, I had this totally diagrammed. It was obvious. Arkansas always starts slow. And you do that against Baylor, you're in trouble. And Baylor jumped out to a, like a 15-point lead, maybe a 17. And they're cruising. And then all of a sudden, Baylor's uh, dynamic point guard. Man, there are two point guards in this tournament. Or 
there were two. One's out now. Uh, who nobody can stay in front of. The kid Mitchell is unguardable. He's just too fast. And of course, Quinterly from Alabama, unbelievable that he didn't get the ball late against UCLA, but I digress. Mitchell gets three fouls and he has to sit. Arkansas storms back. Ultimately, Mitchell takes over in the second half. This kid Teague hits a couple big threes and Baylor covers, barely, in what I thought was just a, a really good game, but it was predictable. The disappointment was, for if you're an Arkansas fan, you had 15 turnovers. The coach botches it, and your one leading scorer, the kid J, J.D. Note, the junior, um, the junior transfer who was dynamic in the first half, basically keeping them in it, popping threes, five of six shooting, two of two from deep, had 14 points. So he picks up his fourth foul with like 14 minutes left, and Musselman doesn't sub him out. And literally the next trip down the floor, Note drives, charge, fouls out with 13 minutes left. I haven't seen that in a while. Musselman did not do a great job down the stretch. His prized freshman, uh, Moses Moody, only 2 of 10, missed all four of his threes. He had a rough game. His incredible rebounder, Justin Smith, who's been dominant throughout the tournament, in and out of foul trouble, only one offensive rebound. He came into the, the game 18 offensive rebounds in three games, held to one by Baylor. And Baylor just keeps coming, you know, whether it's um, Mitchell, Butler, Teague, the kid Vital's tough, off the bench, Flagler, Mayer. I mean, they they really are an impressive group. I think Baylor's got to be a considerable favorite over Houston in the Final Four. I think Baylor's going to the championship game. Guards win in March, we know that. And they went down the stretch to a four-guard offense. And, you know, Houston doesn't have any size. Now, Houston does have some guards. And I'm very excited to see the kid Giroux, the defensive player of the year in their conference, against Mitchell. Because if he's long, man, this guy reminds me a little of Corey Brewer. I think he's got an NBA future, this kid Giroux. He can't really, he's not a great shooter. His form's a little quirky. But, man, he he just works hard. So, Houston-Baylor, one Final Four matchup is set. The other one will be determined later tonight, and I'll get the picks at the end of the podcast. I just quickly, before we get to Mark Willard, I want to touch on a couple NBA things that pop. Not much. Uh, not a big night in the NBA. The Celtics lose again, and this is becoming an issue. The New Orleans Pelicans, 50% from the field, 51% from three. Zion gets whatever he wants. Brandon Ingram does what he wants. Josh, I mean, like the Celtics just are not playing defense at all. I mean, it's pathetic. Tatum get went for 34. And, you know, I know that um, Evan Fournier was making his debut. And it can be tough at home. 33 minutes, 0 for 10 shooting. 0 for 5 from 3. Welcome to Boston, Evan Fournier. It can be a tough day on Boston radio if you happen to turn it on. And the other game that popped out at me was Steph Curry came back for the Warriors, missed a few games, casually just drops 32 points. You know, no big deal. And they beat the Bulls, the new-look Bulls. Man, poor Zach Levine. Levine and Vucicic, the combo that's supposed to take him to the promised land. Um, Yeah, they did all right, but they lost the game. So, um, oh, one other thing. I need to, listen, I I bag on the Clippers a lot. I got to give them props when they win a big game. They pummeled the Bucks badly. Uh, the Bucks jump out to a double-digit lead after the first quarter, and the Clippers just pulverize them the rest of the game and win by 24. Yes, I was surprised. Um, Luke Kennard had the game of his life, uh, 21 points, 5 of 6 from deep. Reggie Jackson, also incredible. And also, the Clippers did this without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. And we know the Bucks MO, folks, and this is another reason I just refuse to believe them. We'll protect the paint. We'll give you whatever threes you want. The Clippers made 19 threes. Shot 55%. The only guy basically who didn't make one is Kawhi Leonard, 0 for 6. Everyone else splashing. Nick Batum. Patrick Pat Peterson. Um, so anyways, the Clippers destroy the Bucks. But it's regular season basketball. It doesn't matter that much. Without further ado, let's get to Mark Willard. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. 
All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known probably for about five years now. He is a big-time radio host in San Francisco, KNBR, the Mark Willard Show, 6 to 10 p.m. every night, five days a week. My man, Mark Willard. Mark, how are you, man? Jason, what's going on? How are you, bro? Everything's going on. I mean, everything is happening around the Bay Area, right? Usually we talk about Steph Curry because you know I'm a fanboy. And obviously you have uh, the ins on the Warriors. But today, I was like, listen, we need to find out what the hell's going on with the 49ers. And I know you're Mr. San Francisco. And, uh, Mark, I just, I, th- this whole Jimmy G debate is interesting. So you've been around the team for a few years since he's been there. Before we get to the whole, do you keep him? Who do you take at three? I'm just curious, what is Jimmy G like? Is he the leader of the 49ers? Like, I know he's the face of the team, but he, he's kind of a quiet guy, is he not? Yeah, but you know what? The locker room really responds to him. They do. I mean, he, he from the moment he got there, and this is before the rest of the country was really watching, but you have to remember, this is a team that by and large has had a lot of continuity on the roster. You even look at what they've done in free agency this year. Their, their, their whole goal was just to kind of keep their guys. So there's been a lot of continuity. And so you got to go back to before Jimmy G was going to a Super Bowl and getting a lot of attention. He showed up to a team uh that was one in ten and 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 they put him in the lineup and they went five and oh the rest of the way and so from that moment the the credibility that came with that in the in a very young locker room and then also he's just a dude he's a dude he's a he's a really easy to get along with guy he's a guy who is i think very positive around his teammates so uh, yeah, he's an easy he's an easy guy to follow. Like he's not. I always think of locker rooms having multiple kinds of leaders. He's not the rah rah guy. That's yeah. George Kittle. Kittle's the guy that's going to get the sideline bumping around and rocking and rolling and all over that. But Jimmy is a really steady force, and they have been so clearly, like in a crazy way, since he arrived, so much better of a football team when he's on the field as opposed to not. Um, he's not been on it a lot, and so that's the, the problem. But when he's on it, they play better, and so the team does. They, they really do respond to it. Okay, so all that being said, let me ask. When they got to the Super Bowl two years ago, right, rank the driving forces behind that year's Super Bowl run. Like player, scheme, you could have a coach at number one. I'm just curious where Jimmy G is in that hierarchy. Yeah, I, I, it's a good question um, because the best thing I could tell you is probably that he's like, you know, top four. And that's not great for a quarterback because the first thing that comes to mind when you ask about what were the driving forces, the absolute first thing was the defensive line. The prior year, that secondary had picked off a total of two passes all year long. Like you should have balls bounce up in the air and accidentally fall in your lap three or four times a year. They got two. The whole year. It was embarrassing. Kyle Shanahan even said so. Nick Bosa arrives. Uh, Eric Armstead flourishes. DeForest Buckner in the middle. And that defensive line was so good that it created bedlam on the defensive side. And, and therefore, uh, they had one of the best defenses in football. You combine that with Kyle Shanahan's run scheme, uh, which I think, you know, there were a few keys, but I actually really point to to Kittle, Kittle being the best, you know, probably the certainly the best combo pass catching blocking tight end in the game. They were uh, th- their run stats when he was on the field are uh, are just incredible. So clearly they ran the ball like crazy throughout the playoffs and that got him in there, um, you know. And then I, I, I just think Shanahan, Shanahan's play calling his leadership. He really uh, he really had the guy's attention that year. And then, you know, and then Jimmy is is, is probably next. So, I mean. Again, there's so much better with him. He was a stabilizing force. He played well. He had his moments that year. You remember the Saints overtime game, or actually it wasn't even overtime, but the, the, the one that went down to the buzzer. There was a game against the Rams late Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I think maybe no, that was actually December, a holiday weekend, whatever it was. He had some great moments, but more often than not, he wasn't their bread and butter when it came to to how they won a football game. Uh, The one that the game that struck out to me uh, was the conference championship game against the Packers. And you can't, I I get it. They took advantage of the run game, but you can't have your quarterback throw eight passes and not have it lead to a ton of questions. And that was the moment where it was like, geez, is there a trust issue here? 
And I thought Jimmy G was fine in the Super Bowl, but to me, it keeps coming back to the injuries in that game against the Packers. He just didn't want him throwing the football. I mean, eight pass attempts. That's, I've never seen that in a conference championship game. There were there there were a few moments that I think we can look back to uh, as to why the 49ers, in fact, made this deal on Friday. And you go to the previous playoff game against Minnesota. There were some bad picks. Through some bad picks, they had that game in hand, and so it didn't really scare anyone, and it didn't make headlines. But there were a couple throws that I think really concerned Kyle Shanahan. And then you see him come out the next week. They only throw the ball eight times. You can hide behind the fact that Raheem Mostert is going crazy for over 200 yards. Mm. And so, oh, we don't need to throw the ball. But then you get to the Super Bowl, and right before the half, you've got the ball, and you're outside the 20, and you've got about a minute to go. And you kneel on that ball. Steve Young said it right away. He said, that tells me that he does not trust his guy. And so, yeah, you can play with him. Yes, you can win with him. You can say, I don't hate him. I do think, I think Kyle Shanahan likes Jimmy G. I don't think he loves Jimmy G. And I think there are moments where he he does not trust him. and, And that's a big piece of the puzzle in terms of what's unfolding now. So, like you said, Friday they move up in the draft from 12 to 3. Yes. They get the pick from Miami. And let's take this first. Do you think Jimmy G is the starting quarterback of the Niners in week one of 2021? I do. I do. And I say that at the risk of sounding really stupid because I I feel like we should know better. We know how many times we've watched a team say, (laughs) this is our guy. This is our guy. We're not trading him, right? Odell Beckham's not getting traded and Josh (laughs) Duncan is our guy. There's all the the famous moments, right? Um, But – they, uh, Kyle and uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, um, you know, Monday morning held a uh, a press conference after this move, and they hammered the point home. I mean, they they said it to the point where they would almost have egg on their face if Jimmy is not <laughs> the starting quarterback of this team this year. Um, I think that they, it's really twofold. One. It's an opportunity play. How often is this group going to end up at number 12 in the draft, be able to move up, have this kind of a quarterback class sitting there? And um, and so that was one piece of the puzzle. And then the other piece of the puzzle, I think, is is a combo of the the salary cap. They've got some big deals that, that are going to pop starting next year. George Kittle, Trent Williams, there, there may be more. Fred Warner's going to need an extension. Mm-hmm. So can they get cheaper – at, at quarterback in, in the future year. And in the meantime, do the Alex Smith to Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers to yep. Jordan Love type maneuver that has worked in the NFL. It has actually both gotten the best out of the veteran and helped the Rook. We haven't seen Jordan Love yet, but Aaron Rodgers goes out as the MVP. Alex Smith had a really good year, but then also Patrick Mahomes was able to hit the ground running the next year. I think they like that blueprint, and, and I, I think that's the one they're going to use. Okay, so put, and I'm with you. I, I think Jimmy G is kept. I kind of explained it on Monday's pod, but Mark, I, this is where it gets difficult. Put yourself in Jimmy G's shoes, okay? You know what the deal is. Sure. They're drafting a quarterback. You don't give up uh, first-round picks to move up for a lineman or a defensive end. You just don't do that. And John Lynch and Shanahan are going to be at the Mac Jones Pro Day, his second Pro Day, um, like they, they want a quarterback. So if you're Jimmy G, you could put on the brave face, but it's like, Hey man, um, we work at an accounting company and we're bringing in this new guy. We want you to train him. And you look at him and he's 30 years younger than you. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> I see, I, I see what's going on. You want me to train him. So he takes my spot. And like, if you're Jimmy G, I know you got to be a professional and you, he's only what? 29. He, he's going to be a quarterback somewhere next year. Yes. How difficult do you think that's going to be, man? That's got to be. And even for the incoming quarterback, like you said, the locker room likes Jimmy G. They really do. They're, they Like this rookie QB, and first and foremost, I'll tell you, um, not only are they obviously taking a QB from their, their actions, but their words did follow it. One thing that was clear and interesting in that Monday Zoom conference, they didn't run from the idea that they're taking a quarterback. Like that. They just <laughs> you can't. We're, you we're, can't. Yeah, yeah. we're here. We're taking a quarterback. We're doing that. Um, they obviously would not give up anything in terms of how they're seeing guys, even though I'm 
beyond convinced Kyle has got his guy. I don't know who it That's is. That's the next question. Okay. Got right. his, so we'll get to that in a second. But how difficult is it for – I mean, obviously it's difficult, but this is not something that's new in sports. You know, I feel like this happens all the time. Sometimes it's forced down your throat. Uh, sometimes it's not. You know, the San Francisco Giants right now have Buster Posey coming back, and uh, while he was gone, they took catchers in the first round two years in a row. And, uh, and, and, you know, Buster's contract is up this year. And at some point this year, you know, like, how does, how does that all play out? You know, are, 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 is Buster going to have to hold someone's hand? We watched quarterbacks do this in the past. Some of them are defiant, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Um, others, uh, you know, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, I think, see it in, in a little bit uh, of a kinder light. I think Jimmy is that way. Like I, Jimmy is going to be mad. They see Jimmy's Jimmy's ticked, but by the same token, Jimmy's not ticked at the other guys in the locker room, and he's not ticked at this kid who's coming in. And so the way he does his business is, I think he keeps that sort of anger and that drive inside. Mm. He's going to be the good soldier, but he's also got to understand uh, the way his contract is set up, the 49ers can cut him for almost nothing next year. Yeah. And so if he wants to make that money, whether you're playing for the 49ers or somebody else, you got to go put that stuff on tape this year and fight the good fight. So the pushback is, you know, you said Favre with, with Rodgers behind him. Well, Favre was what, like 37? or right. He was old. Or, uh, you know, Jimmy G's still 29 in his prime. And uh, the Alex Smith one I get, but Alex Smith didn't take – the Chiefs anywhere. Like, Jimmy G was in the Super Bowl. So let me just hypothetically ask you, Mark. 49ers, I know the defense. I think they lost four or five starters and the defensive coordinator. They bring a lot else back. What if Jimmy G and the Niners get back to the Super Bowl? How much more complicated of a decision is this? Or have they already made up their mind? You know what? He's good in the system. Garoppolo's a nice quarterback, but we want our own guy. That's got to make it more difficult. And I'm not even going to ask, what if they win the Super Bowl? But remember, they led the Chiefs by 10 with eight minutes left two years ago. So it's not out of the realm with a great coach that they get back. I I personally don't think it happens, but I'm saying, Mark, in that scenario, what do you think goes down? I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility at all. Obviously, the idea of any team winning the Super Bowl, it's a long shot. But um, that's the, that is the, the beautiful drama that, that could potentially exist here. Um, you basically just gave me the script and the premise to Major League, the old movie. With the, <laughs> right? Jimmy's, Jimmy's sitting there right now like, okay, go, let's go win the whole bleeping thing. That's the only thing I can do right now. And then the 49ers, what do you do? I mean, uh, granted, a number three pick and a late 20s pick are not the same thing. But the Packers went first round QB. And then their QB went out and won the MVP. Yeah. And so their other first-round QB is just going to have to keep sitting there, and we'll see. It's kind of like how Aaron was with Favre. This is a little different because they did indicate the salary aspect of it. I think they want to shed Jimmy's number next year and have that be a rookie number. But if the guy goes out and just balls out, and the, the rest of the locker room will try to do this for him. Believe me, they love him. They will go for this. And, uh, and if they win the whole thing, I know what the 49ers would say today. Well, that's a wonderful problem to have. <laughs> but but um, look, I still think they would move on. Unless they felt like, you know, they won the Super Bowl because of Jimmy. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl already once and nobody thought it was because of Jimmy. Right. Right. And so... I think that it would probably feel that way again um, if somehow they win this thing and uh, and people feel like it's because of Jimmy. Then you got to start dealing with fan pressure and all of this, that, and who knows? I mean, if it got that crazy, then you've got a beautiful asset named Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones, and and you figure out what to do from uh, from there. But um, obviously, none of this is is likely. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the 49ers are, are ready for uh, 2022 to, uh, to, you know, have a new guy at the helm. All right. Let me, before we get to the quarterback of who they'll pick, where do you think the Niners, as of now, okay, um, end up in the division, which I think is the best division in football. Arizona yeah, yeah. got better. 
I think the Rams got better, but they also lost their defensive coordinator and a few starters. Seattle has Russell Wilson, but uh, they've got some issues. Where do you, as of today, you know, it's the middle of March, where do you have the Niners in the division? You know, it's funny. I mean, if you're assuming full health, because if you... Yes, yeah. <laughs> the crazy yeah. thing is, if we had this conversation six weeks ago, uh, everyone was doing quarterback rankings, and this was a big talking point here in the Bay where people were like, the Niners were in the Super Bowl 12 months ago, but they got the fourth best quarterback in their own division. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hang on a second. Let's, let's, let's actually unpack this. Russell Wilson is definitely the best quarterback in the division, yes. Ooh, this but, is- he's, but he's ticked. He's ticked off, and oh. I don't know exactly how that's going to affect the season. Matthew Stafford's a fascinating guy, an elite arm talent who's never won. And, you know, can't, how long – this is a beautiful moment for him. You, go, you don't get to blame it on the organization anymore. This can't be Detroit's fault with no running game anymore. So he's going to have to prove it, but I think there's something to prove. Kyler Murray is nice. I don't think he took the step I would have loved to see him take last year. A step, not the step. And then Jimmy is Jimmy, and we've been talking this out, but I still think from top to bottom in terms of balance, I like the 49ers roster the best. I like their depth the best. The Rams have some eye-popping stuff at the top, but had to give a lot up because of their cap situation. The Seahawks have had a very quiet free agency. And the Cardinals, I think, are young, and I don't really think they're all that well coached. Mm. They got um, J.J. Watt, though. Yeah, J.J. <laughs> Watt. I mean, what? Is it week three or four that he goes out? Oh, jeez. You know? I'm going in on Watt. Well, right. I mean, come on. Like, if we're going to call Jimmy Garoppolo injury-prone, how come that doesn't sometimes extend to other That's people? fair. Very I, entirely I, fair. I, I think if I handicap this right now, I actually think the 49ers very slightly because it is – they're all good – but I think they're they're a very small favorite. I would put. Oh, interesting. I have not looked at the Vegas line for the division yet. I'm sure there's still some uncertainty, so uh, we sure. don't have a number. All right, on to who the hell the Niners pick at three. So when the news popped, obviously it felt like Justin Fields, right? I mean, like Justin Fields, awesome quarterback. He's got he started for two years at Ohio State, played a bunch of games at uh, Georgia as a reserve. Justin Fields, 22 college starts. I I do have this written down. I think this is going to keep coming up, okay? Zach Wilson, who's going to go to the Jets, has 27 college starts. You hope he goes to the Jets. He's going to the Jets. (laughs) Then, Mac Jones and Trey Lance, both with 17 college starts. Now, you know Kyle Shanahan has a complex system. Because remember, Jimmy G went there from the Patriots, and he had to like learn the system and sit out while they lost a bunch of games, unless they were just tanking. Um, and, and then he came in. So whoever gets drafted, there's going to be a learning curve. Who do you give the edge in the learning curve? Mac Jones, who I think is 22. Fields, also 22 years old. Trey Lance is 20. Won't turn 21 until I think week one. You know, I mean, to, to be inside the mind of these guys in, in terms of, of, you know, how they're able to soak things up, I, I can't really speak to that. I know Mac has the... He's got the reputation of being supposedly like a, you know, like a a, a, a genius in terms of his his intelligence. Um, but I also wonder sometimes how much does that matter if he's at Alabama and sitting behind a line where he's not under pressure at any point all year, and so he can just accurately throw the ball. Um, I, I think it's 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 hard to talk about you know who who would be able to soak up the system. I'm sure that's a question that they've been working on for the last month or so, but I will say this, here's what I'll say, because I know Mac Jones is getting all of this run. Yeah. It's a super fun thing to play with because, oh, he's smart and he fits the, the Kyle Shanahan mold. Yeah. I don't. But, but people are like, why would you trade up to three to take Mac? You might've been able to get him at 12. Here's a few things I'll point out that they have now said publicly. A, he feels like all five quarterbacks would have been gone at 12. Oh, come on. Mark, okay, hold up. A week ago, people were like, oh, Mac Jones could fit at the Patriots at 15. I, maybe yeah. that's a little high. Yeah. You know, and, and now Mac Jones going to be gone? Draft, okay. You know the draft. A week before Baker Mayfield got taken number one, nobody thought he was even going to be in the top five. Like quarterbacks. Remember two months before the draft, Kyler Murray was maybe a fourth rounder? Yeah, maybe a fourth rounder. Number one overall pick. <laughs> Quarterbacks are going to go. 
The 49ers even said the reason they made the deal now was because they feel like someone else would have made the deal if they didn't do it early. They think there's going to be a lot of movement late and that the quarterbacks are all going to be gone by number 12. That's number one. Number two, Kyle scoffed at the idea that Mac Jones is a Kirk Cousins prototype and that's Kyle's type of QB. He said, that's wow. ridiculous. I love Kirk Cousins. He's a good quarterback, but I think Kyle's prototypical quarterback is like most coaches. He wants somebody who's insanely talented if possible. Yeah. Last thing I'll mention, he always points to Mahomes when he is asked, what's the prototype that you actually like? Not just the arm talent, but someone that when you do get off schedule can go make a play. Many around this organization believe that the moment Jimmy Garoppolo's time ended for the 49ers was the primetime game against Buffalo this year when they literally could not get Josh Allen to throw one incompletion. They, I mean, he picked oh, them yeah. apart. So if you're thinking about Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know exactly who the supposed comp for those guys is this year. Oh, a little bit of a wild card, but crazy talent. I'm not sure. Lance? Smaller school. That's Trey Lance. Oh. I, I don't know. I'm not saying that's the guy, yeah. but to me, I, I know Fields is like the, you know, the, the standard pick, the, the, the originally thought pick. Mac is the, the one who are like, oh, he fits with Kyle. If you force me in a corner today, I, I think it could be Lance wow. because, because he's realizing that around the league, uh, there, there, there are a few quarterbacks who are going to be next to impossible to beat. Do you need to go get one of those guys? Mm -hmm. and, and is that the guy? If you want uber physical talent, you're not taking Matt Jones. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Mark Willard, KNBR, radio host in San Fran. I'll get you out of here on this. Do the Warriors win a round in the playoffs this year? Not a game, a round. <laughs> not a game. Um, you went a little Iverson there for a second. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I'll say no. I'll say no. That's a, um, I, I, I want to make the case, but it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, they Curry's apparently coming back this week, but he's, they, he's, they're he's, just, he'll you know, he'll be back. He'll be back tonight. He'll be back. And, and as you know, we're, we're talking about this on Monday, he'll be back in this game. Uh, and, and so he'll be back for this week, but I, I I'll, I'll just say this. There's too many things that have to go. Perfect. You know, could Steph, uh, single-handedly carry a team past a West that is not that top heavy, really. I mean, could he do that in the first round? Sure. They could put a scare into somebody, but I, I, they, they have shown themselves to be really kind of wispy thin in terms of if one thing goes wrong, it all falls apart. If Draymond is a little hurt or if he's not on the floor, their defense is totally lost. If Steph is is out, or even if he's just on the bench for a few, they have not been able to find out, figure out a way to score. And James Wiseman, while I love where he's going, he has had too many bumps in the road to get any consistent flow going, and he's just not he's not quite there yet. So they're missing too much of the dynamic needs. Of a, of a playoff team. And so everything has to be perfect. And even then they're just a little bit of yeah. above a 500 team. Sadly, I'm with you on that. All right, Mark Willard, you guys can follow him on social media. Obviously we have a large California audience on the podcast. So many people probably know your work, Mark. Uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to jump on the pod and uh, Hey, you're going to be in high demand coming up here for the next couple <laughs> months with this 49er stuff popping. So uh, be good, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we're ready. Here for you anytime. Appreciate you, bud. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Good, good stuff from Mark Willard. Sharp mind out there in the Bay Area, KNBR. All right, let me quickly give out a couple best bets for tonight's college basketball games. It's been a good tournament run. I know you guys have followed my picks on Fox Sports and gave out a couple more winners on Monday night's games. Boy, a couple big sweats, but um, let me quickly touch on the, the first thing before the picks here. Gonzaga-USC is the early game, and that's on at 7.15 Eastern, okay? The second game is Michigan-UCLA, 9.57 Eastern. So all the Michigan fans are like, why the hell do we have to play the night game when you've got two West Coast teams, Gonzaga-USC, playing at 5.15 Pacific? Why couldn't they both play the night game? Well, you guys know how primetime TV works, okay? They want to maximize viewers between 8 and 11, the key advertising hours. I'm sorry, Gonzaga, but Michigan is a much bigger brand. UCLA and USC, I'm not going to get into that squabble here in my backyard. Is it a wash? Whatever. 
in college hoops, UCLA obviously has a little more cachet. That matchup is made for primetime. Michigan-UCLA, the night game. Quickly on the spread, let's go Gonzaga-USC first. I kind of like this matchup for USC. I really do. The defense, they can hang with them. I just, we've seen the three-point luck from USC. Seriously, it's been unbelievable against Kansas. They shot lights out from three. Do we really expect it to happen again against Oregon? Well, it did, you know? And like for them to continue that, for them to continue staying hot. So they were 10 for 17 against Oregon after going 11 for 18 against Kansas. That's over 50% in both games. That's ridiculous. That's not going to keep up. And, and, and logic says, hey, take Gonzaga. They've won 26 straight games by double digits. Now, the one team that was able to hang with them and keep it close was West Virginia back in December. What did they do? Crashed the offensive glass with the bigs, and they got to the foul line. Attempted 33 foul shots. Of course... You know, USC, not a good free throw shooting team. They rank 327th in the country. But they're great at offensive rebounds, 12th in the nation. So, yeah, they're going to have success on the glass, second chance points. The big kid, Timmy from Gonzaga, is going to struggle to get easy buckets. My question is, can they hang on the perimeter? Suggs, Nebhard, Kispert is a really good group. And I just don't know if USC is as strong on the wings. You guys know I like to pump up. My man, Ethan Anderson, he started a point guard for USC last year. He's coming off the bench this year. They got the kid, Edie, the transfer. And Edie's been incredible. I really did not know he was this good. He's playing out of his mind the last few games. And, of course, Ethan Anderson lives in my area. His his dad um, goes to my gym, so he brings his kids to the gym. I played pickup with Ethan before. I mean, the guy's uh, – he's the guy who had that ridiculous reverse layup against Oregon that will be in one shining moment. It was an awesome layup, little – Jelly on that one from Ethan. At any rate, I am I'm looking at Ken Palm, and it has it as very close game. Ken Palm has this uh, not another Gonzaga blowout. They really believe USC can hang only a seven-point difference, according to Ken Palm. The line was up at nine, but it has started to come down. And it's, you know, I, I don't think public money is pouring in in Vegas on a Monday and a Tuesday on a college basketball game. That's just not how it works. I would assume that that is professional money driving that down from the nine, uh, a couple eight and a halfs out there in the market. I took the nine with USC. I mean, Evan Mobley, I I, I think they can hang. Enfield, an amazing coach. Now, uh, I think it's 10-0, uh, 10-0 against the spread in the NCAA tournament in his career. The guy, he's a great coach. Enfield is lights out. Um. I, I, can they slow down this Gonzaga team? I, I'll bet yes. So I took the nine with Gonzaga, with uh, USC. In the nightcap, UCLA, Michigan. This one's a little bit tougher. I'm still not a believer in Michigan. I bet against them again in the LSU game. I lost. Bet against them big in, for Florida State. Michigan destroyed them. It was embarrassing. I just, however, think if you watch that LSU game, it was more about what LSU could not do, match up inside. And they faded down the stretch. They led the, They led with like eight minutes left before fading. And FSU just was a dumpster fire on offense. Now, UCLA has been very dumpster fire prone. But again, Mick Cronin, very good coach. And again, Michigan opened up. I think I saw this at seven, seven and a half. It's down to six and a half. So there is money coming in on the Bruins. On the wings, they're good. I would venture to say Juzang versus Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner's little brother, is... um is a matchup of two guys who are looking at the NBA. I just, the, the UCLA point guard for me is the key. Can he contain the Michigan point guard? Because uh, I think his name's Tiger, the UCLA point guard. He's very, very feisty and scrappy. He, I thought he was really, really good against Alabama. The kid doesn't get a ton of credit. Uh, let's see, this kid, Tiger Campbell, 5'11 sophomore. I mean, he's like smaller than I am. And super quick, tough I like the cut of his jib. I think he can, I don't want to say shut down, but he will be able to go toe-to-toe with with Mike Smith, the the good UCLA point guard. Eli Brooks, obviously very good in the backcourt for Michigan. Can, can UCLA get enough? I think they can, so I took the points. I took the seven. It's down to six and a half. Ken Palm has it as Michigan by five. I would love to see a UCLA upset. And frankly, if I want to have any hope to win a bracket challenge, I have Baylor winning the title in one of them. But 
Gonzaga is what everybody else has. Listen, Gonzaga's probably going to win the title. I need Gonzaga to go down. So if USC can pull it off, this is probably the best bet. I don't think Michigan or UCLA has much of a chance against Gonzaga, but I think USC does. So the picks tonight, I'm going a little doggy, maybe public dog. Give me the Trojans getting nine and the Bruins getting eight. These are going to be good games. So I know you guys will be watching. I'll be talking to you later. See you tomorrow. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.